another episode of Fools Daily. I am still joined by the lovely Matt Ledgerwood. Hello! The slightly less lovely, but still nice, Matt Spooner. Bonjour. And unfortunately, Conrad's here as well. Dzień dobry. Oh, look at you, you Polish. So we are continuing our countdown of the uh, board games from The Guardian. And we've got to number 10. And number 10 is Survive, Escape from Atlantis. Who wants to tell me about this? Mr. Spoons. I've actually played this one. Is this on iOS as well? I don't know because that's newfangled. <coughs> I've actually played the proper game game. Um, I didn't realise it was as old as it was. Originally published in 1982. You played the um, original version, didn't you? <laughs> shut up. So I've obviously played a reprinted or republished version. Um, you set up with the tiles of varying height and islands. You have your little meeples and there's boats and you need to try and escape. And there are whales and there are sharks and there's an octopus and the ground will disappear from under your feet. And it is just fantastic fun. Absolutely brilliant family game. Is there a helicopter as well? No. No, I'm afraid not. No ornithopter either for your steampunk fans. Ah, no. Forbidden Isle is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, just to fill that out a little bit more, the the island slowly sinks as the game goes on, and you've got to try and get your people off on a boat. But everyone else's people is also on the island, so they can jump on the boat and control it, and you can also send sharks or krakens to swallow people up, as well as whales. Um, the way they've done the tiles is really nice. There's three levels, mountains, woods, and beaches. And they're all different thickness, so it's got a really nice 3D mm. component. Um, it's just a fantastic family game, really. It's uh, it's really a yeah. classic family sort of opportunity as well. Yeah, your meeples right. on their bottoms, I seem to recall, have a numbered value. They do, don't they? Yeah. So it's there's actually kind of... The, you could almost argue there's a bluff mechanic in there of wanting to, if you can remember which of your meeples are the higher scoring ones, of of trying to get those ones off and using others to kind of bluff, so taking boats um, uh, and trying to get your opponents to react to what you're doing because there, there is a competitive element of yeah. um, limited number of boats and, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's got some real depth to it. It is just a brilliant fun game. Brilliant fun gaming, yeah, sinking other people into the water or putting one yeah. of your, lo- your low-value pieces onto their boat and d- driving it straight into uh, some duck shark-infested waters. Yeah. There is an iOS version of this. It's called, uh, it is called Survive Escape from Atlantis. Is it by Quado Media? Yes, yeah, Quado Media. I haven't picked it up on the iOS. Um, no, but it looks cheap, and I certainly will do. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, there are loads of versions of this available. I mean, just via Amazon. Yeah, mm-hmm. you probably want the 30th edition by Stronghold Games is the most recent publication. It's meant yeah, to have ex- which you can which you can get for between. <laughs> weirdly, it's one of those things on Amazon that other sellers are selling it at different prices. Yeah. You can get it between 22 pounds and 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. If if you said not, <laughs> yes, yeah, craziness. Well, yeah, different limited editions and so forth. If, if no, 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 that's all for the same edition. Madness. Was well, that the um, 30th anniversary edition, is it? Yeah, there's, it, it goes between 2243 and 7104, depending on... Because 
Amazon has, you know, the mm-hmm. affiliate system. Yeah. Well, um, I'm no Depends business on... guru, but if I were you, I'd pick the cheaper one. If it's which, is what, which is what I've just done, as you've told there, me to there, buy. There's an expansion for a five to six player uh, uh, game as well. Yeah, is there's it? an expansion yep. to five and six, and there's a, a bunch of expansions to add in, uh, like dolphins and different kind of sea creatures and things like that as well. Yeah, well, I bought the original, but there's also a 1986 edition from Waddington's. Yep. Really? <laughs> yeah. And who, make, who's, who makes that one? I can't see who makes that one. Oh, no, that's a Waddington's version as well. Yeah. You Just to, if you want to try a range of online retailers, uh, I can highly recommend if you're based in the UK, Games Law. Um, they have great prices, good delivery. Um, and if you bundle up your purchases at once, you can really cut down on that and make some savings. I've bought the £76 one. Well, that's okay. I've just found one, also by Stronghold Games. It's not the 30th edition, 30th edition, the 30th anniversary edition, that is for £117.94 plus oh, yeah, £32.91 delivery. I've just cancelled my order and bought that one. I've just seen <laughs> clearly the best value, that one. Yeah, exactly right. Awesome. So, yeah, go get it. Yeah. Right, so that's, that sounds really, really good. And Certainly, it looks like it's one that you can play with the family as well. Yep. Which is pretty much my prime driver for buying board games these days. Is can I can I sit down with with Esther and the kids and we can just play? Yeah, yep. definitely, definitely that one is a, a win. Definitely. Talking of winning, well, oh, let's well, chop on to the, the next the, one. The, the, the next one what does we play. We sat say? down and played just the other day. <laughs> What does Board Game Geek say, man? Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, Board Game Geek, although it's it's single, it doesn't differentiate in the more modern version, but scores 7.35 out of 10 based on just shy of 10,000 ratings. Nice. And so, I the, personally, I think that's probably a bit low for the amount of fun it is. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. So the next one, I resisted buying for a long time, and my kids played it, and they said can we get the board game? And so I bought the board game and I regret not buying it earlier now. Yeah. And it's Ticket to Ride. Ticket to yeah. Ride. I think many people's first experience with sort of Euro train mechanics, just a lot of fun. It, in <laughs> fairness, it's my only experience with Euro train mechanics. Uh, I've, I've played, back in the day, I played uh, Railway Rivals from Games Workshop. Ah, Okay. And wasn't there a Sid, is that the Sid Meier one? No, no that's, um, that's, that's uh, Thingy Tycoon, isn't it? Yes, Railway, Railway Tycoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, believe it or not, there is a really strong following for train-based board gaming out there. <laughs> but <laughs> well, ticket, ticket, ticket to Ride is brilliant. Ticket to Ride is yeah. awesome. Mike, what are you doing, Ticket to Ride? Oh, see, I can. As I played the other day. So in Tickets, in Tickets Ride, you basically are making routes between points. In the basic in the basic game, it's the continental USA. Mm-hmm. So you are going from city to city. So you get, at the beginning of the game, you get um, some tickets, and the tickets will give you the routes. So they'll say things like, build a route from Los Angeles to Chicago, and it will have a number of points associated with it. And you have to put down your little plastic trains along the route and to get you draw colored cards that have carriages on and they say that you need certain amount of colored cards to fill in a route so the the route from 
I don't know, Los Angeles to San Diego, and I can't remember if San Diego's a place, might be five pinks. So you need to collect five pink cards, and then you play five pinks, and then you can put them down. And so there's there's much fun, um, if you can work out where your um, opponents are going, of just deliberately blocking their routes so that they can't complete their tickets and you complete their tickets. And um, you often do it incidentally as well. The game we played the other day, Emily, my youngest, because um, my wife accidentally blocked her main route, ended up the game on minus two points. Mm. (laughs) Because every ticket you don't fulfill, you take off your score at the end of the game. And if you have a ticket that's worth 20 and you haven't done it, that's minus 20 points. Yeah. There's a ton of expansions out for it. You can play in a load of different regions, and each of them usually has a unique mechanic. So you can do it in Europe, you can do it in China, Asia, Germany. I think they've just done a UK map, which is quite interesting. It's got like a tech tree. You have to um, kind of evolve your technology to be able to go into the wilds of, say, Wales or Scotland and put rail oh, lines down. Oh, exactly. Oh, do you want to go there? Uh, there we are. Um, there's work. also quite a fun one where you can add in a giant robot and giant, I think it's dinosaur or something, or alien. <laughs> Stomp. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, um, the Colin and Dexter expansion, I think it's called. Oh, nice. We only have we only have the classic American map. Um, um, the obvious thing to ex- to avoid, which very nearly got me, is the recent anniversary edition of Ticket to Ride, which looks lovely. <laughs> I did when I, I was in a game store when I was on holiday in America. And I did pick up the 1902 mm. expansion. I've heard that solves a lot of. Some people play it a lot, so it gets, you can predict it quite easily, um, and that solves a lot of issues. It's really that's why that's what I heard. So we we pick we pick that up because I don't like going into game stores and not picking something up. <laughs> well, it, Which it, it's, so, it's, it's so rare you get into it. It's so rare you get to go into a game store. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, awesome game, uh, great introductory game, great family game. Um, yeah, I I don't necessarily play it a lot, but I keep a copy in my yeah. collection. Yeah, I would good. I would highly recommend. I mean, if if listeners have families um, who won't play games, um, and I mean, I've said it before on the show that Zombie Side was our gateway game to get my wife to play, and then pulling the kids. But I think this would have done it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she re- she really enjoyed it. There's an excellent again. There's an excellent iOS version of Ticket oh, to Ride. That's, that's the version I have. And uh, I, I play it quite regularly, usually on the throne or in bed. Yeah. I believe there's a, an excellent discussion between two of your contributors coming out quite soon about these sorts of uh, implementations. There is. And that's today. That is today, yeah. And in fact, uh, I recommended this to Joel and he got it. And I think he's been addicted ever since. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. The The iOS version is brilliant because not only can you play against the AI. Ding, ding. But you can play against... Other, if if you've got other people in your family that have iOS devices, you can play against them as well with extra with AI or not. Yeah, um, and it's also been um, it's interesting. That the there was a big the CEO of Days of Wonder I think came on record and said actually we saw a massive spike in sales in Ticket to Ride once we did the iOS implementation. Yeah, so, I can see that happening. Yeah, because yeah. You want it to to Look, as a social thing rather than just a, yeah. playing yeah. the iPad. Well, also, the, the people playing it singletons on the iPad or where they've got a single iPad in the family and, they, mm. you know, it that you know you you need the game to be able to all play together. And it is, I mean, I agree. I think it's it's certainly one of the better kind of 
um, electronic ports of a game. Um, Tilly's played it, my little girl. She's played it on uh, my iPad and very much enjoys it. So it's one I will probably add once Sam gets a little bit older um, to be able to play together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like a, a dollar or 70p or something like that to get it for your iPad or your mobile device. Yeah. So. And, and they sell all the additional maps as well because we play, yeah. we've been playing the Europe map mm. with. Um, tunnels and stations, and I still haven't quite worked out how stations work. But <laughs> they, you put them on a city, and they let you use one of the one of the train lines that is controlled by a different colour for the purpose of scoring your tickets. Ah, there we go. Right, because I kept on trying to put trains down. <laughs> I understand now. Yeah, well, that's all right then. Super seven <laughs> seven point five out of ten based on. Nearly 37,000 rankings on board. Yeah, you see, I would rate it a good eight and a half, I yeah. think. Well, What does Board a... Game Geek say, Matt? Shut up, you buffoon. Right, Conrad, this is getting boring now. <laughs> okay? It was funny to start with. Third episode in, it's getting boring. Yeah, but it's a different listen, isn't it? <laughs> Do it again, though, and I'll hang up on you. <laughs> Wonderful. What's next? Seven Wonders. Uh, never even heard of it. No, neither have I. Awesome I game. Yeah. Uh, Conrad, do you want to explain? Oh, I've never played it. I've heard okay. of the game, yeah. So, uh, ancient world kind of setting. You take the power of uh, one of the seven wonders in the world, and it uses, I think it's the first time I found it, a drafting mechanic. So if you've ever done a magic card draft, or, or do you know what I mean by that? No. Okay. You get a hand of cards. You pick one card. That's what you're going to play, and then you pass that hand of cards to the person sitting to your left or to your right. Right. And now this emulates kind of a civilization building. As you start off, you move, you build up your kind of resources, your your basic kind of wood, clay, and all sorts of stuff that you need to build high-level civilization advancements. Um, and you go around the table trying to develop and have the most victory points by the end. And you can do that by going to war with your... Um, your neighbours or building the best monuments and city infrastructure or being the most scientifically advanced and things like that. So um, loads of expansions are out for it now. Really interesting game. Plays extremely quickly. You'll be done probably in the hour. The first game you play, you'll have no idea what's going on. It'll be a little bit confusing. But you know, stick with it and you'll, you'll start seeing it. It's the kind of game I've, I've never not seen someone who hasn't played the first time go immediately, let's play again. Because once you get into it, you can see all of the uh, sophistications of the mechanics. Is it one of those games that, you know, when we go to tournaments and events, is it a good evening game to play after to sort of help you unwind and things? Absolutely, yeah. That's where I first played it as well. So it's 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 a thinky game, but it's, it's a bit more of a relaxed game. Um, it sometimes suffers a little bit if you've got the dreaded analysis paralysis in your play group. So sometimes we have to hurry on a couple of players. Right. So don't cattle prods. Don't yeah. play with somebody who metas a lot, then, basically. No, I do. They're, they're quite fun because, you know, there's a whole bunch of kind of tricksy things you can do about discarding cards or, or sacrificing cards to build up your, civiliz- your, your wander in your civilization, which gives you a unique player power. Cool. cool. And okay. is the uh, I think probably our highest rated yet at seven point eight seven out of ten, based again on thirty six and a half thousand ratings. Wow! Yeah, really great game. Really highly recommended. It'll be blown out of its rating very shortly, but uh, yeah, really good. All right, so we move on to 
number seven, which is a game I own. I think I've only ever played it once, to be honest. I've played it a few times. I used to play it online a little bit. Uh, I've got the iOS app as well. But it's Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Yeah, played this so much, I'm pretty sick of it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of Settlers of Catan, I think, is one of those games that it has got some crossover name value into the ma- into mainstream gaming because I've certainly it's in Big Bang Theory they play it and a bunch of other stuff as well. All right, so I've because I've I've met non-gaming friends who have talked about Settlers of Catan. On a on a, on a quite side note about games in in TV, have you seen Orphan Black? No. Orphan Black, fantastic BBC series. Um, starts off with a woman at a train station and she meets another woman who looks exactly like her who leaves her purse on the uh, station and throws herself in front of a train this woman is kind of a down and out but she is an exact physical um, match for the woman who's just killed herself and she then tries to assume her identity and it kind of all unravels from there really interesting show it's on Netflix check it out BBC America it is yeah but one of the characters in this is a huge geek, and they play proper hardcore board games like um, uh, Battle Mist or whatever it's called now, the uh, fancy flight things, and they have all the rules right in the background, and they're always talking about different board games during the, uh, during the show. I mean, see, that, that would be a good show, actually, gaming in mainstream culture. Yeah, well. You know, because we, we could talk about Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I didn't know Ed Sheeran was a... Uh... I saw him do a post about didn't he have some 40k or something? He plays 40. He plays 40k. All right, Taylor Swift boy. He put, no, he, put, he posted. He posted on his um, his Instagram that he was making some Space Marines. <laughs> awesome. So anyway, um, Mr. Timmy Brown will be very happy. He's a huge, huge fan. Is it a ginger thing? Uh, no comment. <laughs> Timmy needs to shave. <laughs> he looks he looks scruffy. Is he is he old enough to shave? I'm surprised his dad lets him out in public, frankly. Um so should we go back to Settlers of Guitar? So uh really excellent uh gateway game. Loads of people have gotten into this. Lots of my family who wouldn't touch any other board games play this as well. Um it's fun, it's a trading game, um encourages lots of social interaction, um and a bit of randomness. There's oodles of different expansions. You can have Star Trek Catan now, you can have all manner of things um and it is a fun game definitely give it a go um i I found that i'm now move on and want to play other things okay um and so at number six seven points hang on i've got this because there's a billion different versions of it i'm just trying to find the one with the highest number of ratings which is probably about there 53,500 ratings at 7.34, all at 101, 7.2, so low 7. It looks like the oldest oldest board game that we were looking at today as well, because it's... No, old civilization goes back. Old civilization, yeah, but no Settlers of Catan, probably none of these other games, you wouldn't be looking at this article. This is the game that... Yeah, yeah, it's it's the game that brought Euro board games... Into the mainstream, yeah. Or the not quite, not quite but yeah, definitely. Well. It's called caused their renaissance, or I don't know if that's the right term for it, yeah. but there we are. Um, 
And so number six, number six isn't even a board game. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but number six is Netrunner. Yes. Um, anybody else heard of Netrunner? Well, I've, I've seen it, and um, I remember um, and Wiseman mm-hmm. uh, used to used to play used to play Netrunner, and he did a podcast probably a couple of years ago now about it, um, and it sounded interesting to me. Um, because you know, I'm not really into um, CCGs, yep, and stuff. And yet this, and but this one did sound interesting. But then I once I realised that it was, you know, effectively one on one, yep, like like a CCG. At that point, I my sort of, well, I'm not going to play that with the family, mm. so it went away. I think that's fair. I, I don't know from from a war gamer's perspective. I mean, I. I quite enjoy CCGs, and for a while I, I dabbled in them fairly heavily. But um, it, it's if you're a war gamer and you're doing a one-on-one game, I think you're more likely to put your models on the table, aren't you? Mm. Um, yeah. What is Netrunner? Okay, so Netrunner um, came out during the sort of phase of Pokemon early 2000, late 90s explosion of, of collectible card games. It's by Andrew Garfield, who's the guy who designed Magic, um, and it's got a asynchronous unique play style so one person plays the runner essentially if you think if you're familiar at all with cyberpunk he's the hacker and one person plays the corporation there's a really exciting interplay between them as the hacker tries to cat tries to catch the corporation out and the corporation tries to bluff the hacker out so the the corporation will set up a load of data nodes and try and advance their projects and maybe they're projects that are going to make him money or get him or get him victory points or maybe they're some sort of evil black op operation trying to ensnare the runner into falling into his traps um it got picked up by fantasy flight games and republished uh, it was a huge yeah. success, sold out massively. That This is the version that they're then talking about. The actual original version was quite a big flop, but only because anything that wasn't Pokemon when it came out on that day was quite a big mm. flop as well. Um, it is definitely, if you're looking for a challenging one-on-one game, I'd, I'd recommend it highly. It's a living card game now, so there's no random collectability to it. What, you, bought, you know exactly what you're going to get when you buy, and there's no kind of hunting down that rare that you need. Um, it, it's very challenging, very fun mechanics. A bit difficult to learn and to teach because it's you can't show someone what you're doing and what they're doing because the the corporation, the runner, play completely differently. Um, so it's worth looking up some YouTube videos if you want to try and learn how to play. Um, I really like it. Uh, I have the base set. I haven't bought anything more because exactly as you guys just mentioned it's tough to get out um two player games that aren't war games when i do and when i and when i do there are some stonkingly good two player games one of which we're going to cover in the next episode um that i'd rather play um but it does have the cyberpunk theme and there's just not enough cyberpunk in my opinion no. out there um so it's it's i like it for that reason as well there's there's no there's no cyberpunk you know, miniature game, is there? There's no cyberpunk miniature game. Do you know what? There's no um, gothic... Sorry, there's no urban fantasy miniature game, which I'm quite surprised at. Mm. So no, no kind of underworld version of, of miniatures as well, which I, I think is ripe for doing yeah. some of... What was the game that levels. the Confrontation people did? Wasn't they had one that was a cyberpunky type game? AT-43. No, no, I'm thinking of something else. That'll yeah. come to me at some point. There was yeah. one out there, but it was a, one of the kind of, again, one of the Euro-type 
small scale type games and I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Oh, and now everyone's going to be waiting for next episode to see if you you remember. Yes. Because you've got at least, you know, a, a day to remember because obviously we record these real time. <laughs> yeah, something day. like that. <laughs> um, the highest rating thus far, 100 and, sorry, no, 15,000 ratings on the Geek. It's average rating... 8.17. Just look up what the average rating for Magic the Gathering is. One moment, caller. Remember, there's no K on Magic. Shut up. <laughs> average rating, 7.44. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. I, I, I strongly recommend it if you've got people that will play it with you. Yeah. Now, if you want to find out what's going to be the highest rated game on Board Game Geek, we can check back for next episode. You are so pro. I love you. (laughs) So, until then, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. I've been Conrad. I've been James. Lost. (laughs) You've been lost. Bye bye. 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 You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>